0: Some of you may have saw uh, on Thursday uh, at my house, we had a little bit of uh, controversy, a crisis, and a disaster. Uh, I was getting ready to make a salad for lunch, and I opened the refrigerator to make the salad, and uh, the only dressing that was in the refrigerator was orange, cran- orange cranberry or cranberry orange vinaigrette, which nearly made me just throw up in my mouth. And I had just had enough because all of these weird, strange dressings just keep showing up. And my thing is, is that like, all we need is the bare minimum when it comes to uh, salad dressing. Whatever happened to just allowing ranch and Italian to be it? I just, I didn't understand. So we had a long conversation about this on Facebook and people chimed in. And so I am happy to report that yesterday, after Dorian and I finished some work here around the church, we went to Sweet Tomato, and guess what I had? A salad with some ranch dressing on I usually only use one ladle, but I use two this time. I mean, it's, it's bad has I got to have the, you know blueberries and the almonds and all that other stuff in it. But that's a conversation for another time. Uh, but Dorian and I were were sitting there and we were talking and um, we were talking about the church and we were talking about uh, all the things we would like to see happen. And and he raised a question that that quite frankly made me change the entire direction of, of this sermon today. He asked me, he said, um, does, does the church exist for itself or does it exist for God? Mm -hmm. Now you talk about, I hadn't even heard your song until I got home after him asking me that question. And that's why I was sitting here crying because We're wrestling with this question as a church, not because we want to do something bad, wrong, or because we're selfish, or prideful, or any of those things, but because we're going through a period of change. And I am so grateful to him for asking that question. Some might say, well, why why would a leader of a church ask such a question? Because a leader of the church would be in tune with what's happening in their congregation and and understand this balance we must strike as protecting and growing and nurturing the organization and also understanding that only what we do for Christ will last. And any good leader in a time like this would ask such a question. And I'm very thankful for Dorian asking me. That question and raising that question and proud of his leadership and service uh, on our church council. I think we can pair this idea and think about this um, in one way. But first, I want to answer this, this question: Does the church exist for itself or does it exist only uh, for God? So for now, I want to put a pin in the answer. The answer is yes. That's the best way to keep sticking with wrestling with the question. The answer currently today is yes. As we think about our church, and as we think about this particular question, I want to turn to our scripture from Philippians, and we saw part of it on the screen, but I want to think about it in the sense of the words of Paul that comes Before this text, you know, sometimes we jump all the way to the end and we get to the happy part where it said God highly exalted Christ to give Jesus a name that is above every name. And then we skip over some of the other stuff. Right before this, Paul says, conduct yourselves then in a way worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you do, whether I come and see you myself or hear about your behavior from a distance. It will be clear that you are standing firm in unity of spirit and exerting yourselves with one accord for faith of the gospel without being intimidated by your enemies. Standing together without fear is an indication that they will be destroyed and you will be saved. It's a divine signal that God, on behalf of our Savior, has given you the privilege of believing in and suffering for Christ. You're now experiencing the same struggle that I saw in me. And now I hear that I still have. If our life in Christ means anything to you, if love or the spirit that we have in common or any tenderness or sympathy can persuade you at all, then be united in your convictions and united in love with a common purpose and a common mind. That is the one thing that would make me completely happy. Paul is writing to the church or the Christian communities in Philippi. Paul is locked in jail, so we believe. We're not sure quite where, but he is locked in jail, and he has a courier that's going back and forth bringing him letters. This courier's name is Epaphroditus, which is probably a disease now. (laughs) But back then, this courier's name was Epaphroditus. Well, Epaphroditus is from the Philippi community, and he or she, because we don't know the gender, is running back and forth delivering these letters. Well, the Christians in Philippi were some of Paul's favorites. It has been recorded as a community that Paul probably loved the most out of the Philippians and the Romans and the Colossians and the Ephesians that it is possible that Philippians was the one that he loved the most. And yet here it is, and still, that Paul has to write to this community to encourage them to have unity, to have humility, and to have love. It's a struggle that that community had. It's a struggle that I've seen in other communities. You know, Marcus and I were, were, um, well, I don't want to say members, because then I'll give it away, but it's too late, I already said it. So we were members of the church. And members of this particular church, we were in a church meeting one day, and, and uh, I shared this story with Doria yesterday too, and, and we're in the church meeting, and there's one side over here, and, and there's an older woman, she's in her 80s, and she has a walker, and there's another row of people on this side, there's an older woman, she's in her 80s, and she has a walker, and they're having this ferocious debate about the climate of the church, and where they would like to see the church. So one of the old ladies got up, older black lady, and she got up and came up to the, rolled up to the table there and sucked her finger out in that pastor's face and said, I told you I didn't want no other black pastor up in here. She was black. And so then the other one decides she's going to get up and try to jump the other one. (laughs) Now, at first this was absolutely hilarious to me. (laughs) that <laughs> a church bike with two older women on walkers just about to break out. But then I got to thinking about, this is not like something I've ever experienced in the South, because we just don't treat each other uh, like that in church. We may be more direct, we may say what's on our mind, but we don't treat each other like that in church. But it really got me, and I got to thinking about this yesterday. And when we think about existing for ourselves, or existing for God and me saying yes to both, I just wanted to take some time and I wanted to settle us in on a few facts about our community. Something that will help us to move forward and something that will help us to move on. Paul says one of those things that he would like to see in that community is humility that community moving forward without just concern for itself, but concern for each other. And you all have proudly shown your concern for others, embracing the love of children, embracing the love of neighbor, embracing the love of creation, and stepping up in a time to help with the hurricane. You have also embraced an idea of unity and oneness and seeing the best in each other when some others may not even see the best in us. You have embraced a spirit of generosity, and that spirit is evident in your giving. It is evident in our music ministry, which week after week give of their time to rehearse and to do the very best that they can for this congregation. It is evident in all of the people that are on the council that take time out of their take out time to sit on the council and to sit there and listen to each other and irritate each other for hours and hours and hours and hours on end, praise God, (laughs) because we love this church, and out of vulnerability, it is okay to make mistakes, we must work through it together. I am happy to say that this is not like that church with those fingers anywhere else. But I am happy to say that we are able to survive any conflict. We are able to work through anything that is going on in between us to get us to the next level. And so I wanted to ground us in the reality that humility exists here. Unity exists here. Generosity exists here. Yes. Vulnerability exists here. Yes. We don't have to stop there. And I know people say, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. Give to it leads. Let's keep giving. Let's keep stretching ourselves. Let's keep going higher and higher and God. Here's the thing. This scripture today, where it says, that Christ, though in the image of God, didn't deem equality with God as something to be clung to, but instead became completely empty and took on the image of an oppressed humankind born into the human condition and found light in the likeness of a human being. Jesus was thus humbled, obediently accepting death, even to death on a cross. And this is the part of the text that I like. It says, because of this, God highly exalted and gave Jesus that is a name above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every need must bend in the heavens and on earth. It said, because of this, Jesus had to empty himself. Jesus had to embrace unity Jesus had to embrace humility Jesus had to embrace vulnerability just to empty himself to then get raised to have the name that is above every name what then do you think we are called to do as a community that's called as I titled the sermon downward mobility out there we are told you're an individual, you're an individual, go out for yourself, we're divided, you're black, you're white, you're blue, you're green, you're an alien, you might not be an alien, maybe you're a legal, and we're told all of these things that separate us. But as a Christian community, we are called to embrace downward mobility, not upward mobility. This scripture says you gotta get down in order to get up. And so that is what we are called to embrace in this particular community christ empty of himself took on that humility took on that vulnerability took on all that obedience even unto death we my friends have to get down with humility so that we can raise up something as a community that we are proud of we have to get down with unity so that we can raise our collective pride we have to get down with generosity so that we can send up more praise to our God Almighty we have to get down with some vulnerability so that we can send out the healing that we have found in this place we have to embrace downward mobility so that Christ may be raised in our midst Only in the words that John sang. What we do for Christ will last. That is our hope. That is our prayer as we continue our journey together as a Christian community. Amen. Amen. Amen.